so for the reflection. Our scripture readings today contain many messages of guidance and Today, I will weave out a specific thread or theme for you to follow, and I will start by jumping into the middle of our readings and bring your attention to the first Corinthians. And this can be a reading that is a challenge to understand, and yet I think it shows a key point in explaining the controversy around God. At the start of our bulletin today, there was an image of a maze in the shape of a cross, and I felt that this was an appropriate image for Lent, for we are focusing on the pathway of Lent at this time, which we all know will lead to the love of God as depicted through Easter and the risen Christ. How prepared we are for this upcoming journey basically is up to us. For the most part, it is dependent on how involved or invested we are with our journey. And this journey is going to be different when compared to another journey, especially of someone that is living a life without God. So someone who is using the normal human wisdom to guide their life choices may not even enter the maze. And in our maze cross, we will need to make choices in order to continue as all of us have to do in life. Though hopefully, as you come up to the crossroads, you will have invited God into your understanding as you keep moving. And as a reminder, our Corinthian reading today is telling us God's way of thinking is not like the world's way of thinking. And the Bibles of old, as we had heard a more contemporary version, will they start with, for the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And I believe perishing here was meant to be non-believers, for the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are non-believers. And if we continue on with this New Revised Standard Version, the last verse states, For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. And this is the verse that you will see around the maze of the cross. And these phrases are quite familiar to most of us. Yet today, we had heard a different version. We heard Eugene Peterson's The Message version, which uses the more contemporary words. And it does read a bit differently. Yet, as our goal is to understand these guiding messages, it is my hope that you compare and discern the message that may be meant by these passages. So you can see familiar words with fresh eyes the next time that you read them. And those of us in the maze will see these readings again and again, and hopefully find a meeting that prompts us when we have to make a choice. And it is to revisit the passage and be reminded that God thinks differently. And it is still a stronger thinking than our own thinking. So therefore, 
in looking at the choices ahead of you, it is beneficial to follow the cho choice or light that is God's will. So then similarly, in our gospel reading from John, we hear about Jesus clearing the temple. And as I reviewed this section in my study Bible, I learned that John is actually speaking to the first clearing or cleansing of the temple at Passover. And it is three years later, near the end of his ministry, when Jesus clears this temple a second time, which is the time that is written about in our Matthew, Mark, and Luke Gospels. So to help distinguish this first clearing from the others, the message version was read. And it is interesting to hear that Jesus cleared the temple on two separate occasions. And I think it gives his response more merit. And it suggests that a cleansing or clearing away of things is required at times. Some suggest it is Jesus' radical love that spurs him to send the money changers away and to allow people to focus on their relationship with God. And he, Jesus is willing to repeat the action whenever it's required. And it is not a one and done for a lifetime fix or adjustment. And if we challenge ourselves to follow Jesus' footsteps, we would find ourselves doing a similar cleansing or clearing. We would not we would look to our habits and thoughts and reasonings and determine which ones lead us a step farther away from God. And each year we would look for opportunities to redirect and clear ourselves. After all, it is about our relationship with God. So similarly, in our maze, we will come across dead ends on our search for the pathway to the finish line. We could look on these occurrences as occasions to check for and let go of that which distances us from God. We need to simply discard the baggage and leave it behind as we turn around and return to our journey through the maze. Thus, returning to the journey, you're cleansed and renewed in your commitment to follow God. As this gospel passage ends, we again read that when the words we hear are filtered by the normal human wisdom, we do not understand. We think that it is a temple, a physical temple that is being spoken of. If we ask for God's understanding of the words, we come to see and understand the light that is in Jesus' life and the reference of Jesus rising again. We need God's assistance to understand the pathway. So we do what we can to be closer to his truth. So we have established with these two passages that are these two readings that the wisdom and strength of Jesus and God for some of us um, is enough to follow God. And for others, we may need a little more of a push or convincing. And this is where our psalm now becomes important. And to explain how a psalm can convince us, let us share a devotion that I have. 
and it is titled, People Do Not Care How Much You Know Until They Know How Much You Care About Them. And this I found in God's Little Devotional Book for Women. On a bitter, cold Virginia evening, an old man waited on a path by a river, hoping for someone on a horse to carry him across. His beard was glazed with frost, and his body grew numb before he finally heard the thunder of horses' hooves. Anxiously, he watched as several horsemen appeared. He let the first one pass by without making an effort to get his attention, then another, and another. And finally, only one rider remained, and as he drew near, the old man caught his eye and asked, Sir, would you mind giving me a ride to the other side? The rider helped the man onto his horse and sensing that he was half frozen, decided to take him all the way home, which was several miles out of the way. As they rode, the horseman asked, why didn't you ask one of the other men to help you? I was the last one. What if I had refused? And the old man said, I've been around a while, son, and I know people pretty well. When I look into their eyes and saw that they had no concern for my condition, I knew it was useless to ask. When I looked into your eyes, I saw kindness and compassion. So at the door of the old man's house, the rider resolved, may I never get too busy in my own affairs that I fail to respond to the need of others. And with that, Thomas Jefferson turned and directed his horse back to the White House. So for this last push that some of us need, it is fitting that we have heard the creative and nonlinear words of David in his psalm, because David spoke of nature and how its very presence and with its wonders proves that God exists and it reveals his greatness. Our psalm spoke directly to our emotions and our spirit. And we hear of God's power, his holiness, and grace. And we hear about the acceptance of David's, and therefore our own, finiteness, our unwitting sinfulness, and the need for help. And surprisingly, after hearing how we need help, it turns out that God needs our help too. So God needed David to share this psalm, for it is through us that God is able to have explained his love, his mercy, and his grace. Which is why some say we are called to be the church. We are called to be like the horse rider, Thomas Jefferson. And in knowing God's grace, that is many times greater than all that we have, we are reassured in the safeness and the sureness of beginning each day by asking God for his loving guidance in what we say and do 
by following our psalm's ending. Let the words of my mouth and the thoughts in my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, my strength and my redeemer. Amen.